the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God will use leaders to fulfill his plans. Even heathen leaders who don't know the Lord. And that's a comfort to us. Because sometimes it looks as if no one's in charge of things. But God is in charge. And God is steering things in this world according to his plan and according to his purposes. History is his story, his plan coming to pass. A tapestry makes no sense from the back. It's just a mess of thread and knots with no indication of what is being depicted. It looks chaotic, and it may even seem like the weaver messed up their work. But when viewed from the front side, it all makes sense. Every thread and knot is placed in exactly the right place, coming together just the way the weaver intended. This world may seem like a mistake, it may all feel like a lost cause, but today Pastor Dan reminds us that God has a plan and a purpose for it all. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going through the Old Testament verse by verse. We're going to be in the book of Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9. You want to turn there in your Bible for me? Well, we begin kind of the final section of the book of Zechariah. And these final six chapters of Zechariah are really remarkable. Because these final six chapters contain one of the greatest concentrations of messianic prophecies in the entire Bible. Remember, Zechariah has more messianic prophecies than any other Old Testament book, with the exception of Isaiah. And many of these messianic prophecies in Zechariah are found in these last six chapters. The Hebrew scholar Charles Feinberg said in his commentary, the last six chapters of this prophecy constitute an incomparable treasure of prophetic truth. An incomparable treasure of prophetic truth. Now, prophecy, or the foretelling of events before they happen, is one of the ways we know that the Bible is from God and not from man. God knows the end from the beginning, and God tells us in the Bible of certain events in history before they happen, so that we recognize them when they happen, and so that we understand really the the world we live in. God gives us prophecy in the Bible to comfort us and to encourage us. You know, 27% of the Bible is prophecy. That's more than one in four verses. You know, there are some Christians that just kind of dismiss prophecy. Well, if, if you ignore or dismiss prophecy, you, you are ignoring or dismissing more than a quarter 
of the Bible. I mean, that's like dismissing the New Testament as unimportant. Prophecy is important. It's important to God. Prophecy is a big chunk of the Bible. In these final chapters of Zechariah, the phrase, in that day, is used 17 times. In that day is used 17 times. God is looking ahead into the future, and he's describing future events for Zechariah. And many of them are future events for us that he describes in these chapters. Some of them are past events, but many of them are future events. So he's looking ahead in that day. And he, a lot of what he says in these final chapters has to do with not only the first coming of Jesus Christ, but the second coming of Jesus Christ. I have a timeline that we've referenced several times before, just to refresh your memory. All the way to the left, you have the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. And then after that, you have the church age. We currently live in the church age. The church age will last until the rapture of the church when Jesus descends in the clouds and we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air and to return to heaven with him. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And then at some point after the rapture of the church, you have the seven-year tribulation period. And really that begins the day of the Lord. This seven-year tribulation period is described in detail in Revelation chapters 6 to 19. This is when God will pour out his wrath upon a Christ-rejecting, rebellious world, not so much to punish the world, but as one last effort to get the world to repent and turn back to him. So that's the seven-year tribulation period. At the end of that, Jesus Christ comes again, the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth And then you have the kingdom age, the millennial reign of Christ, where he reigns for a thousand years upon the earth. And at the end of the thousand years, you have the great white throne judgment, and then the creation of the new heavens and the new earth, where we all live happily ever after with Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, if you put your faith and trust in him. So that's kind of our end times or last days timeline here. And Zechariah, in these final six chapters, he's going to be looking ahead to that time quite a bit. Now, Zechariah wrote this prophecy during the reign of the Persian Empire. The Persian Empire. Persian Empire was huge. It stretched all the way from India over to modern-day Greece into Europe and included North Africa. So it was ginormous. And most importantly, the land of Israel was under Persian rule at this time. When Zechariah writes this, the first prophecy that we find here in chapter 9 in verses 1 to 7, this prophecy describes the conquest of the Mediterranean region around Israel by Alexander the Great and the Greek army. So in your margin next to verses 1 to 7, you could write Alexander the Great. Now this, of course, is past history For us, and we can look back with hindsight and see that it is describing Alexander the Great and the Greek army's campaign through that Mediterranean region. But for Zechariah, when he writes this, it's future. He's writing before it happens. It's prophetic for him. What he describes in verses 1 to 7 will take place about 200 years after Zechariah. And so it's prophetic. And look at verse 1, and let me just read for you verses 1 to 5, and then we'll go back and discuss them in detail. But look at verse 1. 
the burden of the word of the Lord against the land of Hadrach and Damascus, its resting place, for the eyes of men and all the tribes of Israel are on the Lord, also against Hamath, which borders on it, and against Tyre and Sidon, though they are very wise, for Tyre built herself a tower, heaped up silver like dust, and gold like the mire or the mud of the streets. Behold, look, the Lord wants to get our attention here, the Lord will cast her out, he will destroy her power in the sea, and she will be devoured by fire. Ashkelon shall see it and fear. Gaza also shall be very sorrowful. And Ekron, for he dried up her expectation. The king shall perish from Gaza, and Ashkelon shall not be inhabited. Verse 6, it says, A mixed race shall settle in Ashdod, and I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. So first he mentions Hamath and Damascus in verse 1. And then the cities of Tyre and Sidon in verse 2. And then he focuses specifically on Tyre in verses 3 and 4. Then Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, and Ashdod in verses 5 and 6. Now, those cities, Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, and Ashdod were all Philistine cities that were south of Tyre. And the Gaza Strip today is where those were, were located. Now, listen, give me your attention here. This is precisely the order in which Alexander the Great conquered that region. 200 years before Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great, he conquered Damascus and that area of Syria first. And then Alexander and his army went over to the Mediterranean coast and conquered Tyre and Sidon. And then he went south along the coast and conquered the Philistine cities that are listed here in that order. Again, Zechariah wrote this 200 years before it happened. And this prophecy is so specific, it tells us the order in which each of these cities will be conquered by Alexander. If God is this precise with a prophecy about conquering cities, we can be assured that he will precisely fulfill his prophecies about his son, Jesus Christ. You know, there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament describing the first coming of Jesus Christ that Jesus fulfilled exactly and precisely. And there are over a thousand prophecies describing his second coming. And we can be sure he will fulfill all those prophecies precisely as well. Look at verse 1 again. He says, For the eyes of men in all the tribes of Israel are on the Lord. And the idea here is as people were watching Alexander the Great and his army conquer these cities, they were watching God at work. God's plans were coming to pass. Look back in verse 1. He mentions Hamath. He mentions Damascus. Now, because the Persian Empire was so large, the Persian kings divided the empire up into provinces. They were divided into provinces for administration purposes and for governance. If you're taking notes, Esther chapter 1, verse 1 tells us that the Persian Empire was divided into 127 provinces. We may think of them as states 
within the Persian Empire. The cities of Hadrach and Damascus were the administrative centers for the province that included the land of Israel. And so these cities, while they're unimportant to us, they were important to the people of Israel living in Zechariah's day. Verse 3 of this prophecy mentions Tyre. The city of Tyre was on the Mediterranean coast in modern-day Lebanon. And Tyre was known for its sea merchants and its shipping on the Mediterranean Sea. The people of Tyre, the city of Tyre, was very wealthy because of their shipping and trade on the Mediterranean Sea. Look at verse 3 again. It says, For Tyre built herself a tower. She's heaped up silver like dust. Think about the dust in your house, right? (laughs) Imagine if that were all silver. Then you could pay somebody to come dust your house, I suppose. And it says, and gold was like mud in the streets. But behold, the Lord will cast her out. And he will destroy her power, note, in the sea, and she will be devoured by fire. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, the story of Alexander the Great's siege and destruction of the city of Tyre is a very remarkable story, and I'm going to share it with you. Previous to Alexander the Great, the Assyrian Empire, laid siege to the city of Tyre for five years and failed to conquer the city. Then the Babylonians came under Nebuchadnezzar, and the Babylonian army laid siege to the city of Tyre for 13 years and failed to conquer the city. And during that 13-year siege by the Babylonians, the people of the city of Tyre, they actually abandoned the city there on the mainland And they moved the entire city to an island situated a half a mile off the coast in the Mediterranean Sea. And they built a new city, a new tire, out on this island, a half mile out from the beach. And they built this city with 150 foot tall walls around the entire island. And as a result, that island city of Tyre was considered invincible. Most ancient empires didn't have a navy, so they couldn't even get out to the island to attempt to attack the island and conquer the city. And this allowed Tyre to continue to prosper financially. Again, verse 3, silver was like dust, gold was like mud in the streets for Tyre. But here's what Alexander the Great did. And some of you know this story. Alexander the Great, when he came to the city of Tyre, and it's out on this island, and he's on the mainland, and he doesn't have a navy to get out to that island, Alexander the Great took the ruins of the old city of Tyre that was on the mainland, the lumber, the stones, 
the dirt, and he built a causeway out to the island, a half a mile out, so that he could attack that city. And he conquered the city of Tyre in seven months. Again, Babylonians, 13 years unsuccessful. Syrians, five years unsuccessful. Here comes Alexander the Great. He builds this causeway, and he conquers the city in seven months. Look at verse 4 again. The Lord will destroy her power in the sea. A peninsula over time has formed from the causeway that Alexander the Great built out to that island. So now there's just a peninsula that goes out to where the island of Tyre once stood. And that peninsula is a monument to this day of the truth of prophecy and the foolishness of human pride. To think that you would be invincible and that no one could ever conquer you as they believed. So look at verse 4 again. Look what it says. Behold, the Lord will cast her out. Speaking of Tyre. God will cast her out. God will destroy Tyre. But he used Alexander the Great in the Greek army to do it. God used a heathen king to accomplish his will. You know, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, like the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wishes. That's a good reminder for us, isn't it? The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. God will use leaders to fulfill his plans. Even heathen leaders who don't know the Lord. And that's a comfort to us. Sometimes it looks as if no one's in charge of things. But God is in charge. And God is steering things in this world according to his plan and according to his purposes. History is his story. His plan coming to pass. And so as you look at the world that we live in, and it looks like things are falling apart, things are not falling apart. Things are falling into place according to God's plan and according to his prophecies regarding the last days. The things we see happening in our own nation, the things we see happening in the world are setting the stage for God's plan. Now look at verse 5. Everyone believed Tyre could never be conquered, that it was invincible. So once Tyre fell to Alexander, the Philistines became fearful because they were next on the list. So verse 5, Ashkelon shall see it, see the fall of Tyre, and fear. Gaza also shall be very sorrowful. And Ekron, for he dried up her expectation. The people of Ekron expected Alexander to fail. So their expectations have been dried up. The king shall perish from Gaza and Ashkelon shall not be inhabited. A mixed race shall settle in Ashdod and I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. Alexander, after he conquered Tyre, he left Tyre. He marched his army down the coast and he conquered these Philistine cities and the pride of the Philistines was broken. It says in verse 6, a mixed race shall settle in Ashdod. Alexander would remove the people he conquered from their homeland and put them elsewhere in his empire so that the people would lose their national identity. And he would then resettle foreigners into the land of the Philistines. And that's what's described here, this mixed race now, living in the land and in the cities of the Philistines. Verse 7 says, I will take away the blood from his mouth. 
and the abominations from between his teeth. But he who remains, even he shall be for our God and shall be like a leader and Judah and Ekron like a Jebusite. The Philistines were, were pagan idolaters. They would eat blood with their sacrifices that they made to their idols. And this is one of the reasons why in the law, God prohibits eating blood because he doesn't want his people acting like pagans and worshiping like pagans. But here the Lord says the idolatry of the Philistines will be cut off. The remnant in living in that area of the Philistines will be assimilated into Israel. It says he who remains, even he shall be for our God. So Alexander the Great, when he started out, he conquers the cities in Syria, Damascus, and he goes over to Tyre, and then he goes down along the coast and conquers the Philistine cities. Now, verse 8, here's what the Lord says. So all of this is going on all around Israel, these surrounding nations, and God says, I will camp around my house because of the army, because of him who passes by and him who returns No more shall an oppressor pass through them, for now I have seen with my eyes. As God describes this campaign of Alexander the Great through the region surrounding Israel, God says he will camp around his house, that's the temple, because of the army, that's the army of Alexander the Great. He says, because of him who passes by and him who returns, Alexander passed by Jerusalem on his way down to defeat the Philistines, and then he returned back up to Jerusalem, just as God describes here. Very specific details he's got in this prophecy. Now, if Alexander would have gone a different route, we could read this and say, well, that's not exactly what happened. No, this is exactly what happened. 200 years before it happened, he's telling us exactly what will happen. And God promised here to protect his house, the temple, from Alexander. Now, here's the story. When Alexander was laying siege to the city of Tyre and building that causeway out to the island of Tyre, he sent a message to the high priest in Jerusalem. Josephus writes about this. He sends a message to the high priest in Jerusalem requesting that the high priest supply Alexander with food for his army. The high priest refused. Alexander the Great was furious. And so he determined to destroy Jerusalem as soon as he finished his conquest of those kingdoms along the coast. And so after Alexander finished with the Philistines, Alexander turned his army toward Jerusalem. And the high priest ordered the people of Jerusalem to fast and pray and entreat the Lord God for deliverance from Alexander and the Greek army. And the night before the Greek army arrived at Jerusalem, the high priest had a dream. And in his dream, the Lord told the high priest to decorate the city of Jerusalem for a celebration, open the gates of the city, and have all of the citizens, all of the residents of Jerusalem dress in white and go out and line the highway leading into Jerusalem and welcome Alexander the Great to their city. And when Alexander the Great approached Jerusalem, he was greeted by all these people lining the highway, dressed in white, cheering his arrival. 
And when he got to the gate of the city of Jerusalem, there stood the high priest. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah. And he has more to share with you next time. If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the Prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.